Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The New Standard. And you're checking out the program after a Steelers 26-22 victory against the Cleveland Browns. Before we jump into the game and we talk about it and give you our thoughts, when I send a big shout out to my co-host, my partner in crime, Neil Coulomb, taking the night off. It's kind of late where Neil is, but want to send a big shout out to Neil. Want to send a big shout out to Steeler Nation. Before we jump into the program, I want to sincerely send my thoughts and prayers out to uh, to to Chubb. That that that's that's a tough injury. That was a tough hit. Uh, that's probably one of the worst. Uh, knee injuries that I've seen uh, probably since uh, Joe Theismann. I don't like to rank that stuff, but I just want to send uh, my thoughts and prayers out to his family. That that was a very tough play. That was a very tough hit. And I'm just hoping that uh, Chubb can recover and, and get back to playing football. Uh, incredible family, incredible family story about Chubb Town. Um, I believe in North Carolina, uh, just an incredible family, incredible story, incredible legacy. He's coming back from an injury. I think it was 2015 that he suffered. That was a tremendous injury then. So I hope that he can come back. But I think what it shows is, and we all know this, football is an extremely violent game. And, you know, I always give props to the guys that play every Sunday, Monday, and Thursday to entertain us because truly these guys are putting their lives on the line. I mean, we all know that they're not soldiers and so on and so forth. And, you know, I want to get into that, but, you know, these guys are putting their life on the line. They can take hits that can literally change their lives or kill them. Um, and this was that type of hit where uh, this, this hit could change his life. It could change – uh, his ability to play football and to earn a living. I know he's made a ton of money in the past, but you know his dream could be dashed in one hit. So I want to send, uh, again, my thoughts, condolences, and prayers out to the Chubb family. I think it also, and this might be a little fresh to have this take, but I think it also demonstrates why running backs, you know, they don't get played, they don't get paid a lot. Or are paid what they think they're worth. Uh, you also saw Saquon Barkley go down this weekend, although his injury doesn't look as significant as Chubb's. They're just in the fire too much. And, and, and that's what the league is saying. The league is saying you can replace running backs with the short passing game, throwing the ball underneath, yards after catch, and you're going to get some return from that, that that's much safer of a bet than investing a tremendous amount of money into a position where, you know, if it gets a lot of touches that it's going, that the player is going to get hurt. And this is why you see the running back position uh, undervalued uh, in their, from their perspective. Uh, but again, prayers out to his family and, um, before we hop into the program, make sure you go to YouTube and do a search for The New Standard. Do a search for Lance Williams and or Neil Kulong. Also, what I said, a big shout out uh, to, to quite possibly 
my longest, one of my my oldest friends of all time, uh, my boy Kenyama Ramsey, uh, big Cleveland Browns fan, ride or die for Cleveland. So I want to send a big shout out to my man Kenyama Ramsey, one of my lifelong friends. I've known Kenyama since I was like maybe seven years of age. Big up to my man Yama, a toiler for manual arts. Yama, your boys are awful. Your boys are awful. The Browns are awful. Now, before we jump into the game and we jump into some numbers, we got to talk about this offense. We got to talk about this outstanding effort from this defense, Levi Wallace. Um, But before I jump into that, did you guys see the the kit or, or the highlight they showed of Deshaun Watson meditating on the sidelines with his uh, meditation coach or whatever they called the guy. I wonder when he closes his eyes and he meditates, does he see masseuses? He must see masseuses because he doesn't see coverage. If he, he got to see masseuses. He got to see hands with lotion rubbing his body because he don't see guys flooding zones in coverage. Deshaun Watson, and it was hard to do this night, but Deshaun Watson was even worse than Kenny Pickett. Deshaun Watson, as good as the defense played, was the real MVP. I believe it's seven sacks, a pick six, a fumble for a TD, two 15-yard face masks, personal foul penalties against that might have been for what he's getting paid the worst game you've seen in elite player play so-called elite player play because coming into this year I would have told you that Kenny Pickett was going to be the fourth best quarterback in the AFC North and that the AFC North had the best set of quarterbacks and it still may become that in the National Football League. But in week two, Joe Burrow was bad. Deshaun Watson was awful. Kenny Pickett was atrocious and putrid. And the Steelers are fortunate to come out of this game with a victory again. If you want to participate in the program, go to YouTube, do a search for the new standard. And Lance Williams, of course, we're going to jump into your questions as well. We're going to jump into... Uh, some of your thoughts and I wouldn't be surprised big Wes Wes Hickok big up long time listener to the program Wes said Stefanski is going to be fired after this season no doubt about it he might be fired after tonight because if you've invested the type of money that they have in Deshaun Watson and you can't get him to look better than that. I mean, he threw a pass 10 yards out of bounds. No level of meditation is going to put the laser pointer on the field. <laughs> if you cannot throw the ball, maybe it slipped out of his hands from all the lotion. I don't know, but man, you cannot throw the ball 10 yards out of bounds. He's absolutely terrible. And to the point that Grayson said, Big up to Grayson Mason. Big up to everybody listening to the program. Guys were dropping like flies. It's a crazy game, and it's super violent. And 
that might be a case. I mean, when you talk about it, G stacks 434, that that might be the best edge rushing combo in the National Football League. I want to get to uh to, to the to the real player of this game. And, and, and that's what that, that was Alex Highsmith. I mean, Alex Highsmith was absolutely incredible in this game. And you know, when you get two defensive scores in a game, and I was trying to find this online, I was trying to find if anyone has ever lost a game when their defense gets two scores. If there's anybody out there that could find that stat, and I, and I was just hoping that the Steelers were not going to fall into that boat where at home, two defensive scores and you lose. I mean, Deshaun Watson threw a pick six on the first play of the game. I mean, you can't lose that game. And great for the Steelers if they came back and won that game. But let me give you the stat line here uh, as they have it here for, for, for Alex Highsmith. He had five tackles, two assisted, um, a combined seven tackles. He had an interception for a touchdown, and he had a sack in the game. T.J. Watt had two tackles, four combined, had a sack in the game as well. I think, uh, and, the, and the game book is coming out uh, a little bit later. I think the Steelers had seven sacks on the game. The defense was absolutely dominant in terms of its ability to get to the quarterback. But again, and, and we talked about it, and the rhyme going into this show for the key was, if you want to get the dub, You've got to stop Nick Chubb. And the only thing that stopped Nick Chubb was the injury. That's the only thing that stopped Nick Chubb. Because when you look at Nick Chubb and you look at Ford's rushing totals, they ran the ball 26 times for 170 yards. You're talking about two guys that ran the ball for an average of about 6.5 yards per carry. As a team, the Browns ran it 35 times. For 198 yards, they averaged 5.7 yards a carry. But you can get a victory in a game like that when your quarterback is quite possibly the worst starting quarterback in the National Football League. And I'm going to say it right now. Deshaun Watson is the worst starting quarterback in football. When you factor in the contract, all of the consternation that the Browns had to go through to sign this dude. He is the worst starting quarterback in the National Football League. This was an ugly game on both sides of the ball. And as bad as I'm ripping Deshaun Watson, I mean, Kenny Pickett wasn't much better. I mean, Kenny Pickett could not hit the side of a barn. And when... Your quarterback is having accuracy issues, processing issues, on top of the fact that your offensive line is getting him hit repeatedly and often. You're going to have some issues. And, and a coordinator, his job in that game, in my opinion, was to string together some concepts that he could call to try to get Kenny Pickett in a rhythm. The Steelers finish with six sacks in the game. But when you're on under duress, Kenny got hit twice, 
got he excuse me got sacked twice, got hit another nine times, eleven quarterback hits. I mean, he just looks like he's not comfortable in what he's seeing. He's at times playing slow and at times playing fast. But I do want to compliment the offensive line and the fact that I didn't expect that Miles Garrett would leave the game with only one tackle, no sacks, no tackles for loss, no quarterback hits. I didn't think that they would be able to hold him down like that. Uh, so that that's kudos to them. I thought they started playing a little bit better in the second half. The running game got going. But the Steelers have significant, significant offensive issues. They were 4-14 on third down, 28.6%. Great play, though, to George Pickens. And we clearly see they've got to get the ball more to George Pickens. He is their one weapon now that Deontay Johnson is out. And Pickens had four catches for 127 yards. But my one knock on Pickens is if if you're getting 10 targets, you've got to catch seven balls. You've got to catch seven to eight balls. If you're getting 10 targets, he was, he got targeted 10 times, four receptions, 127 yards. Of course, the long one for 71 yards. But this offense, it's trying to find its identity, its rhythm, its offensive line is not playing, playing well as a unit. I bet when the grades come out later this week in PFF, that this will be another game in which, most of the starters on the offensive line, if not all of them, probably grade below 60 in the 50s, which is definitely in the red territory, which is not good. So, again, I don't I don't you know, this is a win and you don't apologize for wins. That's why the name of the show is style points don't matter. But this isn't sustainable, not when your punter has 320 yards punting. And your passing game and your offense combined has 277 yards offense. That, that, that can't work. You can't be expected to win games where your defense has to score twice. Now, if there was a player of the game and that was Alex Highsmith, the goat of the game had to be Gunnar Olszewski. How do you toe tap a ball? If it, why would you toe tap a kickoff when if it goes out of bounds, you get the ball on the forty? How, how, like why would you, he toe tapped it? <laughs> I, I don't understand. And it was so bad after his fumble that they said he had a head injury when he clearly got hit in the sternum. That's how bad it was, that they wanted to get him out of the game so bad, they said he had a head injury when clearly he got hit in his chest. Last time I checked, your head wasn't in your chest. This is one of the ugliest wins you see the Steelers get in quite a long time. But this is the type of game If they go to the playoffs, this is a game where we will look back and say, this is one where they should have lost and they got. Because you always got to get that game where you don't play your best, 
but you still get the dub. And like Grayson said, W is a W. And Raymond Santiago said, Gunner is trash, bro. I, 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 I agree. Gunner is Gunner might get cut. Don't be surprised. Uh, but a W is a W. And you don't apologize for dubs because dubs are hard to get. So when you get dubs, you just get dubs. But at some point, style points will matter because offensively, they are in a mess. They, they are in a mess. And it's just incredible that the rhythm, the success that they had in the preseason, even the performance of the offensive line has not translated whatsoever in the regular season. You almost wonder to yourself, I mean, what are you doing? But it's hard to solve this because, you know, this is like the proverbial dam with multiple holes. I mean, you only got so many fingers. I mean, you only got so many fingers to stick into the dike. And when you've got problems in pass pro, the run, the, the run blocking is inconsistent. Your quarterback is inaccurate. Your quarterback's not seeing the field clearly. How do you – one play call is not going to solve all that. However – he is tasked with trying to find something. But let me get into some of your questions. And big up to my man, Mel. Big up to Mel. Hey, Felicia, what's up, Felice? What's up, Fifi? What's up, Felicia? Uh, and you're right, Felicia. I am glad we have Jalen Warren. I mean, it's just pretty. I mean, even in this NFL, they their offense doesn't do anything well. They don't run it well. They don't pass protect well. They don't pass it well. They don't do anything well. The only thing they do well is not convert third downs. And that's sort of oxymoronic because it's sort of in reverse. But let me cycle back through and jump into some of your, your, your comments. Uh, Grayson said, skill players aside, it's a bad game plan. I'm not sure I could just put it on the game plan. I mean, there were some wide open throws that Kenny had and Kenny could not hit them. I mean, I mean, I, if you scheme a wide open pass to the flat, you've got to hit that guy. You, you, you've, you've got to hit that guy. So G stacks 434 said Canada never seems to call an easy play or a rhythm pass to get his young quarterback going. Now, I think that's a fair criticism. I don't know if never is the word I would use, but that's his job. That's his challenge. You've clearly got a young player. I think that's having some confidence issues. You've got to you've got to have some concepts that he likes, some go-tos, some slump busters to get him into rhythm, and you just don't see that. You don't see, like, that connection between coordinator and quarterback where he can go to some things to get his young player in rhythm. He keeps calling certain stuff, and it's just not connecting. But here's the frustrating thing from having coached. I bet you Kenny looked great in practice this week. I think he looked great in practice probably and executed the game plan to perfection, but it just didn't look right. And – I think Mel is absolutely right. Kenny's got to be coached up. Kenny is a young player. They've got to go. They've got to go back to the drawing board with Kenny, and they've got to really take a look at what's going on with Kenny and why is this offense so out of sorts? Because this is absolutely not sustainable. 
and, and going back to the point we made at the top of the program and Grayson said uh, Chubb was screaming, you could hear him on the broadcast. Unfortunately, or fortunately for me, I did not see that. Um, I will say this, and thank you everybody for hopping on the program. Again, you are listening to The New Standard live after the game, giving our post-game style points don't matter. If you want to participate, give us your comments. You can find us on YouTube. Do a search for The New Standard. Also, the show will be up via podcast very shortly after we record. And I'm glad things have changed because when I was a kid and I saw the uh, Joe Theismann play, they showed it over and over again. And they showed it over and over for days. And so I'm glad that was that that policy has changed. Uh, Wes commented Najee was terrible. I mean, I can't really put it on Najee. I mean, I don't know what type of back you're going to be and what you expect him to be when your offensive line is this inconsistent. I would challenge you, Wes, go back and watch the All-22 if you can. It's just not consistent. It doesn't look well-coordinated. They, it, It's a new unit with Sayamalu in there. Um, they have not found their footing. There is nothing that they do well. Because there is nothing that they do well, there is nothing that your offense can do well. And your quarterback is a young signal caller who is not good enough to raise all boats. He is a trailer, not a tractor. And right now, he might not be playing like a trailer. And honestly, right now, he's probably still playing because he's a young player. He's your first-round draft pick. But this isn't winning ball that he is playing. They know it's not sustainable, and it's going to be up to that coaching staff, uh, namely Matt Canada and, and, and Mike Tomlin, to get him ready because they he's got he is not giving them a fighting chance offensively to win games, and you cannot be expected to have your defense score two touchdowns. So let me jump into some of the other uh, comments in the program. And again, thank you, everybody. And again, big up to Felicia. Uh, Wes Lance must be serious about the game because he let my comments pass without saying anything. Well, you know, uh, uh, Felicia, I was behind and I was trying to catch up. I was taking my daughter from soccer practice and I was watching on YouTube TV and I was behind and I was trying to catch up as fast as I can. Good thing about this game and this offense is, is that I didn't miss much. In fact, I didn't miss anything. I missed, if there was a, a book you could write on how not to quarterback, what not to do when playing quarterback in the National Football League, it be both of those guys. Um, but Wes also commented, sadly, I'd be surprised if Chubb's season isn't over. Uh, yeah, it's definitely over. I'm not a doctor, but... Uh, you know, it, it, it's probably over, and that's unfortunate, and that's bad luck uh, for the Browns. But you've paid Deshaun Watson the type of money that is so bad that it took forever for a, a premier quarterback in Lamar Jackson to get another deal because the deal was all well, it was atrocious. He has to carry them. I mean, he has to carry them. Um, the other thing I think that's standing out. And my dad pointed out is uh, Levi Wallace is not bringing anything to this defense. In fact, Levi Wallace, as Lamar Wilder said, is horrible. 
Levi Wallace uh, is not very good. They're, they're, they're going to have to figure out something there. And I'll, I'll ask you, I'll toss this question out. Can you be a superior defense when you have an average to below average secondary? I say no. Um, and I think what we're seeing, and this was a great effort against a very good offensive line, is that their front seven was cooking. I think in terms of run defense, which was troubling, I think they've got to get that shored up and be a little more gap sound and show some gap integrity. I think you can work on that. I, I'm not sure that the run defense is going to be as dominant as we like, but that front seven was hunting after a very good offensive line. That Browns offensive line is very good, created a ton of pressure. They're going to have to shore up that run game a bit. But the biggest thing, man, the biggest thing is this offense. But back to Levi Wallace real quick. I I, I think it's time uh, probably to give JPJ more snaps. You got to be careful, though, because they're going up, I believe, against Devontae Adams next week. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh they have the Raiders and you don't want to put Tay on a rookie. You know, Tay might kill that boy. Uh, you know, Tay, Tay might have that boy. Uh, I, I, yikes. Devontae on a rookie. Devontae against his secondary is yikes, but the front seven is cooking and it better cook because right now there is nothing besides George Pickens that's working on this offense. As Mel said, O-line is terrible. Let me jump into this comment from G-Stacks. He said the philosophy should be passed first to open up the running game or come out up-tempo to set up the run game. You see if you can get a lead, then the edge rushers can pin their ears back and fast. I think right now where the running game is, you, you, you've got to use some spread stuff to run the ball. You've got maybe to put on an extra... Uh, a receiver on the field uh, to lighten the boxes so you can run the ball effectively. But I think they were, I mean, it, it was just weird. I, I think they tried to do some of that. It wasn't successful. You saw Cleveland with some loaded boxes in the run game wasn't successful. You know, I think maybe you got to go, you know, possibly more 12 to create extra gaps on either edge and put Washington and or Firemove maybe in the running game. Firemove is a suspect runner, excuse me, run blocker. Uh, but, I, but I thought his game was weird. Uh, you know, it was weird that Firemove got one target. I mean, why is Firemove getting one target? He had one target, one reception for two yards. That, that's a mystery. That, that, that's a mystery to me. Of the 29 targets, Pickens got 10, Warren got six, uh, Robinson got three, and Calvin Austin got four. Weird distribution there. And I think what you're starting to see, and I watched about five or six games this weekend, is you're starting to see a greater proliferation, I think, of the short passing game to uh, replace the running game. Because I think what you're trying to, what you're seeing is some longer drives, and you're seeing um, as, as defenses start to get more complicated playing these mixed coverages. I think what you're starting to see our offenses take these th these free throws in, the, in these free yards, and thus you can you can do what you did with the running game, but, but get more yards. You you can keep the ball, you can possess the ball, keep your defense off the field because defenses are susceptible now. Uh, so 
I think it's all working in. But I mean, the Steelers, I mean, they have to go uh, back to the drawing board. Uh, they, they've got to figure out something. Mel said Canada couldn't call my plays on Tech Mobile. But if you played Tech Mobile back in the day, there was only one play that worked. You could like pitch it and just run till your battery ran out. Like people used to, I used to wear people out on Tech Mobile. And he's absolutely killer. I just ran a toss sweep and would just win every single game, like 129 to seven or something like that. He's just kill people. Let me jump into this comment from David Urban. Offense is very bad. I hope they don't wait too many weeks to make a change. But but I challenge you, David. What is the change? I mean, what is what what is the change? I mean, what is the change? I mean, you you of course could fire the coordinator. But man, gotta set you back even more. Uh, I mean, you could swap out the oh. I think the only change is they've got to get it right. They've got to get this right. The world is not over. They are one and one, but they've got to get this right. How they get it right, I don't know. But if Canada is the change, guess what? The offense is not going to change. That playbook looks the same. Now, maybe how you implement things in that playbook are different. But to Grayson's point, I don't know, Lance. Canada is the common denominator, but I agree they got to get it right. Canada is the common denominator. And guess what you can't do? You can't fire five offensive linemen, two running backs, and five wide receivers, what you can do is fire the coordinator. And if that's what they need to do, they should. Wes asked the question, let me ask you, Lance, does the play calling matter that much if O-line can't protect? Absolutely not. If the O-line can't protect, you know, it's like if your girlfriend got eyes for another dude, I don't care how many times you're nice to her or you take her out or you buy her candies and sweets. If she liked that other dude, she going to make it a point to be with that other dude. If that old line does not improve to give them a foundation of something, you know, Kenny Pickett going to continue to see Casper the friendly, <laughs> you know, uh, and it's weird that the line has regressed. When they've added these pieces, when they added Siamalu, like it's, but what it shows you is that this is a coordinated dance between giants and it takes time. It takes reps. The frustrating thing is you don't want to be repping it and trying to get it right in games when they have games and the games count. Before we get out of here again, make sure you hit me with a like and subscribe. Want to big up to everybody. That's on the program. Again, big up to my co-host, Neil. Getting a little bit of rest. It's late in Minnesota. So we're a one-man show tonight. And last but not least, before we get out of here, want to give a big shout-out um, to person, excuse me, Presley Harvin. He had a great game. Uh, my dad was really hard on him last week, but he had a great game. I think my dad is going to be right, though. I would not be surprised. If we see a change in that defensive secondary, it's going to be very key that Mika Fitzpatrick comes back 
for this game against the Raiders. And we'll be back Wednesday to break it down all for you. I'm going to give you a little preview to my rhyme for the Wednesday show. If you want to win the day, you can finish the ride. But with that, we're going to conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Oh, what a feeling it is to be one in one. Go Steelers. <laughs>